So we're the salty investors, and how come we are the salty investors, Tim? What's the reason? Well, you know, Why are we salty? A few things have gone wrong, and you know, over time, and um, haven't invested in a few things that we probably should have. Um, mainly things out of our yeah. control, like central bank. Are you saying sort of, that you, you didn't know, buy into the deck? Yeah, did you? Are you saying you didn't buy into the decades-long free money, buy whatever's in sight, and everything goes up? You weren't part of that. Is that is that why you're a bit yeah, salty? I, I, yeah, thirty-year mortgage, you know, locked in. Um, yeah, you know, so I'm hoping I'll get a job for thirty years. Um, you know, stable income for mm. thirty years. Sort of didn't seem like the best investment in the world. Well, the good news for you is that if you don't have a mortgage and I think over 90% of the people in Australia who do have a variable rate mortgage and they're going to get, you know, they are getting in the process of getting a few shocks. Um, so today is September the 15th and last Tuesday, um, the RBA decided to lift interest, the overnight cash rate by another 50 basis points. They're now at 2.35 and that's off a low of what, zero. So they've gone 200 basis points in a pretty short period of time. That's, what, four months? They started in May just before the election. <clears throat> Remember they said also, they said we're not going to lift rates until we see wages growth, and then they lifted rates anyway. And that's on the back of we're not going to lift rates until 2024. So do we actually care, believe anything the RBA says at this point, and why has Philip Lowe still got a job? Well, this sort of lockstep with the, the Fed, you know, we're exactly yeah. the same level as the Fed now. And um, I know they've gone a bit quicker and they've had an extra hike, but really, mm. do we really need the RBA at all? Like, I don't know, if we're doing exactly the same thing as the, as the Fed, I don't know what, what the mm. RBA is really adding to the equation here. Um, yeah. I mean, economic forecasts in general, uh, I mean, you should just ignore them generally. Um, the RBAs prove conclusively that they have no idea what the economy is going to do in the short, medium or long term. Um, so, yeah, what is the point of them? I suppose uh, the, the standard answer these days is that it's the lender of last resort, although you would, you would say that uh, the Fed has a remit of full employment and low inflation, which is, I think, you know, ridiculous. They shouldn't even be meddling with that at all. But, um, I mean, the consequences here, what, what are the consequences for um, Aussies? Um, well, hmm. as we said, we're now at 2.35%. So we've seen the biggest increase in interest rates, not in a basis points, but like a, a, what a, more than a doubling in such a short period of time. Um, and the markets still think there's uh, a bit to go. And the RBA indicated that as well in their statement. Not going to read the statement. If you've ever read an RBA statement, it's boring as batshit. Um, don't read them. It's it's deliberately vague um, uh, so as not to spook markets, which should tell you something about the RBA's outsized influence on markets. But right now, um, if you look at our if you look at this uh, chart we got up there, this is the RBA rate tracker and basically as of yesterday it's a 67 percent chance that's what the market thinks that the rba is going to go another 50 basis points in october which is fun for everybody um that's some more mortgage stress um and i think i think the market now is saying what's that the cme is saying um the fed is 24 percent chance of doing a 
100 basis points at their next meeting. Yeah, so yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty high. They got 100. <laughs> uh, so, well, they're going to take them up to, yeah, close to four. Three so, and a half. Uh, yes. So. Um, where, I mean, our markets, this chart is showing that our markets reckon that we're going to get to about 3.6 and then and then there's going to be rate cuts. There's going to be at least one rate cut by the end um, or, yeah, the end of 23. So, you know, who knows? I don't pay any attention to these things because if you look at these, they change all the time. But suffice to say, um, although we can't believe anything the Reserve Bank says, probably going higher in the shorter term. Again, what does that mean for your average Joe out there? I think uh, not a lot of good news in it, really, uh, if you think about mm -hmm. it. Um, well, let me let me find something here. So this is a chart. This is ver uh, courtesy of um, Leith Van Onselen, posts over at Macro Business, and he's showing that um, if you look at mortgage payments as a proportion of income, uh, from a year ago, they've gone from 34% to 44%. That's a pretty big jump. Mm. Um, and they were below 30% there early in, in the pandemic. They've been much higher, um, as in 08. But that's a, and you've got to remember that um, as, of to, as of now, mortgage holders have only felt the first two rate rises, May and June, because there's a lag. Um, there's, the banks have got to give a 32-day notice period that they're putting your mortgage up for a start. So, you, so yeah. these mortgage just because the Reserve Bank hikes rates doesn't mean you find out next week that you've got a higher payment. These things lag, and they say that usually it takes like a take up to a year for the full effects of these things to be felt. So, I think there's a lot of fun in store for people uh, with variable rate mortgages. Um, that's obviously tongue in cheek. And um, it's only going to get worse from here. Um, just just another little piece of data there. I don't know if you can see that. It's not exactly uh, huge. I'll blow it up a bit. Yeah. Um, so you can see there well, on a $500,000 mortgage. Back in the day, it used to be a 30%. <laughs> you, know, you service your mortgage at 30%. What's happened to that? That yep. number's out the window, you know, and... Oh, we can go to 45, 55. What do you want to go to? 70%? Why not? Like, like, where exactly. does it end here? Yeah, I mean, just every spare dollar goes to your mortgage and you don't eat. You know, everybody goes on a fasting diet for like 12 months, something like that. Um, mortgage sizes, so the standard variable's gone from 3.45 to 5.2 in the space of four months. So that's added a 23% increase to your mortgage. And that's, you know, if you're on a, if you've got a $500,000 mortgage, that's about 500 bucks a month more. You've got a million dollar mortgage. So people in capital cities, that's not unusual these days. Um, there's an extra thousand bucks a month. And remember, again, this is only two rate rises and we've had four and we're going to have more. So lots of fun in store there for Aussies with variable rate mortgages. So what are they going to cut back on? You know, seriously, like, like food is probably the they have to downgrade food, some of the food Netflix, choices. Netflix, um, yeah, yeah, maybe um, the kids' tutor if they've got one, you know, special after-school lessons or something like that. Um, you know, no more getting think, someone got, to come and wash your dog for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no I think the second-hand car market might change, like that second car that they've got sitting yeah. around. 
uh, might not yep. be classed as an asset anymore that's going up in value <laughs> at a considerable rate, <laughs> but they might, a whole heap of them might actually end up on the market again. Um, yeah, if you need yeah. some extra cash. Yeah, and then we'll have the complete opposite the effect. Yeah. Of COVID. So yeah, the com- that might be a huge yep. shake-up for people who purchased all that expensive, you know, Land Rovers and cruises and everything, and then, you know, they'll be sitting on an asset that they think is worth 80 grand. Now it's only worth, you know, 40 or something because yeah. there's a flood of them on the market yeah. and they need the cash. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, no, you can yeah, start selling stuff. So, you know, have a look out on eBay and all those places. Now, yeah. um, I think this is <laughs> – and I think I think this it's bad enough that you've got rate rises, right, but what else have you got coming down the pike? So next month people will get their – uh, September end quarter electricity bill, and we know what that's doing. Electricity prices are going up. Palaszczuk's already uh, throwing, what, uh, I think up to $175 per household for electricity bills, um, for, you know, depending on your circumstances. So they know it's coming. Um, governments know it's coming. I mean, the Labor government's basically sort of shrugged their shoulders and said, hey, what, what can we do about it? Now, they do have levers they can pull. They've got AMO. They can uh, reserve gas um, and stop sending it all overseas. Are they going to do it? Who knows? They've sort of hinted, you know. Um, But, you know, to say that they can't do anything um, is wrong. Should they do something? You know, I don't know. Um, uh, Like a hippogee is And the other thing on top of that. They don't have to be so greedy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. GST Um, on they? Well, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, oh, that's the other thing, isn't it? Petrol prices, that that uh, subsidy yes. that Morrison brought in before the election, that goes September. away at the end of this month, yeah. So mm-hmm. you've got that. And then you've also got, uh, we've just had this um, jobs and wages summit and <laughs> they, they want to bring in a record um, number of uh, immigrants, uh, which is, yeah, that that's what a great idea. What a great idea to bring them in. At the same time, you've got rising inflation. You'll have a, you know, a cutback in discretionary spending. Budgets get tighter. Yep. Inevitably, I think unemployment's going to go up, and you're going to funnel in another two hundred thousand people. I think that was the number two hundred thousand plus mm-hmm. um, in in flood the labour market. Geez, that's good. At at the same time, real wages are back to what two thousand and fourteen levels because <laughs> wages haven't been growing in line with inflation. And all you're going to do is push wages down even further. This this chart here again from uh, Macro Business shows um, that's oh sorry the first one is real GDP. So so the red is obviously where COVID started, right? So real GDP obviously took a a, a real dive. Um, and it's sort of yep. getting back to trend. Um, real GDP per capita, which is actually what matters more for individuals and households, their standard of living, has actually been going up above trend for the last, what's that, three quarters. Why? Because we're doing more with less, because we haven't had immigration. Yep. We haven't we, we haven't had much immigration, uh, pretty much stopped. Mm-hmm. So... The thing, so, you know, this, this, you would think that this might be a hint, you know, that actually, you know, immigration's good up to a point, certain number is good, but, um, you know, just flooding the labour market is going to wipe away all those um, GDP per capita gains, which is. Uh, Only time to work you know, got of an increase. Course, <laughs> in yeah. the last year or two, you know, like 
started to have some pricing yeah. power with their wages, and then all of a sudden, the rug pulls. Yeah, we can't have that. On them again. No, we can't no. have that. Yeah, we can't have the workers. Uh, I mean, the share of share of income going to workers is like you know it's way down, and share of profits to companies is way up. So, I mean, there are distortions here and there. Of course, commodity prices have distorted um, profits of outsized profits of mining companies, but yeah, sort of. Yep. This is a bipartisan, uh, I mean, both the Liberal yeah. and the Labor. I mean, like, when they came out and said this with the Labor Party, the only thing that Dutton could say was, well, we want to make sure that they really are skilled workers. No, no comment on the number, like what it's going to do to people who live here, the kind of crush loading on capital cities that happens when they do this sort of stuff. No, don't worry about the infrastructure. We don't have enough hospitals, roads, houses. Who cares? Jerry Harvey can sell a few more couches. And that's what matters. So, yep. Um, see Jerry gets up and complains, you know, as soon as immigration goes down a little bit, he's up there, first one yeah. up there saying, you know, we need to increase the, the quotas more and yeah. so he can sell more of his Chinese junk. So, yeah, well, he doesn't I live in West, Western Sydney or, uh, yeah, yeah, doesn't bother him. Doesn't have to catch the, stays at home, you know, doesn't have to catch the public transport or sit on nah. the roads in the traffic all day trying to... Nah. Or get in public hospital, you know, just to get an emergency. Yeah. He doesn't have to do any of that, you know. So. Yeah. All good for him. So, but. I mean, we are, I mean, you and I, we're investors, or we we, we think we are, we pretend to be. And um, <laughs> this this all, I don't know, you, you look at the stock market, yeah, it's had a bad first half year, not as bad as the US, but um, is this all priced in? I don't know. Is it all priced in? You know, what, you know, more rate rises, mortgage stress, um, electricity prices going up, your petrol prices are going to go back up, and crush loading of immigration next year. I mean, this, this just does, doesn't sound a recipe for a good economic outcome. It's got to have a detrimental impact on, on uh, profitability of companies sooner or later they can't keep in you know consistently just passing on price rises although maybe the supermarkets can but not everybody can do that yeah yeah the earnings part yeah. of the multiples definitely yeah. going to take a hit here somewhere you can't just keep yeah. increased yeah. earnings like that's increasing yeah. interest rates so it doesn't yeah. make any sense you know that's one of the capital somehow so yeah that that's one of the mistakes that some people make i've seen it before previous cycles where so you get share prices come down, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%. You go, oh, it's, you know, the multiple's been compressed. I say, yeah, but, you know, there's another side to that. That's the degree. earnings. So don't get, don't get excited because you see something fall from a 30 PE to a 15 because uh, the earnings, if the earnings halve, then you're back up to 30 anyway and you don't have any growth to justify it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm worried about the tightenings. Like no one's really the, – the bonds, you know, they're gonna, if they're going to continue that mm – -hmm. um, like the interest rates, yeah, everyone can see that. That's plain. You know, you can see that. But how much are they going to roll off yeah. the tightening? I don't – I haven't – no one mentions that. So when you add that with the interest oh, rate hikes. <clears throat> yeah, when, when the, yeah. the Fed starts their tightening – when is it? Is it started? I mean, it, well, is it, it's this... – They have started, yes. But that's just little bits of rolling off, you know. But they're, yeah, <laughs> really, you know. they're – they're, yeah. Yeah, so they're ramping it up, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. who knows how severe that's going to be? And you can't really feel that until, you know, it hits the market. And, oh, but why is no one buying bonds? Ray Dalio just did a really good article about it, and he reckons it's, you know, twice yeah. the effect of the interest rates. 
So wow. you know, what do you think the yeah. interest rates are going to do? So he thinks, you know, we're going to get 4% inflation, you know, and then the Fed's got to fight that to some degree. Um, yep. Then you add on the bonds, who's going to buy all this crap? Yeah. You know, like someone's <laughs> got to buy all this paper, you know? So um, yeah. I can't see the Chinese, you know, you know, Russians aren't going to be buying it, I'm pretty sure. So oh. um, the Japanese are pretty problems sure. At the moment. <laughs> yeah. So who's going to be buying all yeah. this paper, you know, that's supposed to be rolling off? I mean, no, we yeah. add that in interest rate rises. Uh, I'm not bit hard to factor in, you know, um, what's going to happen to the markets. So, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You think the, yeah. Yeah. Well, just less liquidity. I mean, you've, you've, you've habituated people for the last 10 or more years to easy money. Mm. Um, and what do you do in an opposite environment? And I'm, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of in the camp here where I can listen to a bear case one day and a bull case the next day and, and change my mind. You know, it, I, I, it's unclear to me how this all plays out. And I remember during the financial crisis that one of the things you learn is that the bear case is always sounds more rational because there's lots of things to worry about. We've already talked about it, you know, inflation, rising uh, yeah, mortgage yeah. repayments, yeah. mortgage stress, all this sort of stuff. And you can get carried away thinking, you know, oh, end of the world scenario, you know. And, you know, what hasn't happened yet, Harry Dent hasn't popped up with a new book. You know, Harry Dent, he, he just turns up yeah, yeah. turns up every five years and says there's an apocalypse and then he goes away and people forget for some reason. Um, uh, you know, haven't seen that yet. But, yeah, yes, you, so how, and we haven't seen we haven't seen full-on capitulation in the markets. You might, I mean, the first half of the year in the United States was horrendous. But, um, and, and again, do you need full-on capitulation? You know, like, even Jeremy Grantham in his, uh, he, he penned, mm-hmm. I found that in live, live wire markets, uh, what's that, about two weeks ago, um, and he's he's saying, you know, the super bubble hasn't fully deflated, but um, he said, you know, it, you know, he might be wrong, but he, you know. and and Grantham, and a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear Grantham because Grantham is, you know, they at GMO they run this sort of um, what is it, seven year portfolio of prospective returns, um, and US equities oh, yeah. have always had. Yeah, you, they're always forecasting low returns for U.S. equities, and that hasn't turned out anyway in the last decade. But you know, sooner or later, he's going to be right. But people, sort of, a lot of people collectively roll their eyes when they hear Grantham say stuff like this. But you know, um, yeah. he will be right. But I looked at his defense. How he defends it? He's got big tech. He's got like you know, I think he's got Microsoft. You know, that's his defensive yeah. play and some healthcare provider. I'm like, yeah. wow, like. Yeah. I don't know how well they're going to do in a, a downturn anyway, but I know. Um, yeah, so well, I think the thing about big tech... There. Yeah, well, absolutely. But I think uh, this time around, if you compare it to 2000, um, mm. a lot more of the big tech companies actually are profitable. You know what I mean? Amazon didn't make money back then. Amazon actually did a cap raise. Some The only cap raise they've done since they came public, I think. Um, back then. Oh, don't talk about it. That's a lot, lot of these large talking tips. about Amazon. How <laughs> <laughs> I missed yeah. that. Well, you didn't, you didn't, yeah. you didn't buy it multiples. at six dollars. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> you how, didn't buy it how, at six dollars. How salty you got to be there, you know, thinking, just, you know, holding back capital and reinvesting it, and just not letting it, yeah. you know, end up on the balance sheet. You know, all the value investors just let that one fly, couldn't go yep. near it, and 
And but you know what? Like, if you'd if you'd have bought it at six dollars, you would have sold it at twelve and thought you're a genius. Now it's what is it now? Oh, three yeah. three thousand bucks. I don't know. Have they yeah. have they had splits? Maybe they have, I don't know. Yeah, that's split adjust. Yeah, I know, but um I know, but still it's like a crazy return. Um Nick Sleep has held it. There's a couple yeah. of people have held it. But you know, even look at the you know, Walmart. You don't even have to you know, from the nifty fifty days. You mm. know. People would just held that, you know, and all the other junk in the nifty fifty. Um, you know, yeah. just those internal compounders just really make a difference. It's just yeah. like you said, it's just nearly impossible to hold because you think you're a bloody genius, you know, selling it and you doubled your money, that's yeah. all. But <laughs> Yeah. Well it's like a um, so, CSL. CSL has always mm. pretty much on any valuation metric looked overvalued, but it keeps going. I mean, it hasn't done much in the last few years, but it's just gone up from bottom left to top right for about 25 years, you know, <laughs> and, and everyone yeah, well, sort of, oh, it's expensive, but you would have done, done there, extremely you know. well. I know, I know. And you think, oh, you know, you just don't, can't understand everything, I think, is what I'm trying to come yeah. to, I think, is, and try not to be so salty about stuff and try to think, oh, well, I'm not smart enough to understand, you know, 90% of stuff out there. Um, yeah. What can I stick to and get a bit of an understanding? Well, that's it. Yeah. Buffett's it. You don't have to, you don't have to swing at every pitch, do you? Um, you, you don't have to get yep. them all. You just have to get a few, a few good ones and sit on them. I, I but know, but the counter for that is easier said the, than done. The Fed and the RBA, yeah, the Fed and the RBA, you know, <clears throat> let inflation burn your hole in your pocket <laughs> yeah, while you're holding on to cash. And so, you know, you feel like you've got to invest. They're sort of forcing you into, you know, yeah. riskier, riskier end of the curve. And you feel yeah. like, swing your bum. You know what Buffett says, don't do. People from the, <laughs> yeah. from the stand yeah. saying, swing, you know, and you're like, oh, if I want to swing, you know, but the yeah. RBA is saying, yeah, swing. Have a go, yeah. your mark. <laughs> you're going to get burnt here. And pretty much everything you swung at did okay, you know, or, or most things you swung at did okay because, you know, Everything's basically gone up. I mean, that's what but Grantham called it the everything bubble. Yes. It's, it's not nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. It hasn't gone up. Um, well, anyway, um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood, see, that's another reason why I sort of lean towards the bottoms not in stocks is because Kathy Wood came out and started buying NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA had a, what was it, their second quarter's earnings was, you know, fell well short of expectations. And it, I mean, Nvidia's I think down sixty. Like sixty. It got crushed yesterday. Or more percent. Like, uh, yeah, or Tuesday. Yeah, and then um, she started buying it. So I thought, well, if Kathy Newman's buy, it's probably too early. Um, and she's she's still. I, I I saw two articles about her where she had outflows in August, but still. For the calendar year 2022, she's had net inflows into her fund, which is down peak to trough 75%. So that's amazing. I mean, you would have thought that if if we had real capitulation, people would be vomiting that stuff up, you know, getting out as quick as they can. But, you know, the true believers, um, hang on. Who's got all this extra spare cash on the sidelines to <coughs> deploy into ARC? Like oh. Well, like uh, yeah. can we just dispel? Because like this is this is one of the arguments that's going to come up soon. The cash on the sidelines argument. There is no cash okay. on the sidelines because if you have, yeah. if I if you sell stocks, 
because you you're shoring up your cash to buy later, right? So then you have cash on the sidelines, so to speak. Who'd you sell your stocks to? See, at every point in time, a stock has to be held by someone. So there is no cash on the sidelines. The only new cash that comes into the market is via an IPO or, or a rights issue or something like that. But, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you see this in news headlines all the time that, oh, you know, um, investors have unloaded stocks. They're shoring up cash balances for lower prices. And it's like, yeah, but if they unloaded stocks, who'd they unload them to? somebody who didn't have yeah. those stocks and now they have that. So there's no net net. It's, it's a zero sum game. There's no cash on the side. Yeah. You know, or, or to the extent that there's cash on the sidelines, it doesn't really change. It just changes hands, you know, who, who yeah, owns the stocks and who owns the cash. People are rotating out of bonds into equities. That could be cash coming in, mm. couldn't it? Like, is that what they're doing or, or you, Rotating I think that might bonds, bonds, you know. But you still, if you're, if, if, you know, you're, yeah. But if if you're unloading your bonds now, you've got cash, and then you're putting it back into equities. If you it's the equal amount of money, you, you know, there's no oh, yeah, cash yeah. on the sidelines. No you know what I mean? It, it's zero. It's zero sum to a certain extent. So mm -hmm. this idea that when you see, oh, mutual funds have lightened up and they've got big cash balances or retail investors uh, accounts are full of cash. Yeah, but they sold the stocks to somebody else. So it zeroes out, you know, it's not like the stock goes away once they sell it or they sold it into nothing. They sold it to somebody else. So somebody else has to hold it. So I love the cash on the sidelines one. Can't wait for that. It just comes out all the time. You can have a good laugh. Yeah. yeah the margin um, requirement thing is the other one that they love putting out as well. Like, you know, people people have got so much money oh, yeah. that they could get get more margin now. They could go into it's like, hmm, I don't know. They had, like you put that thing up before. How much spare cash they got, you know, to actually get into some extra margin? You know, mm. what are they putting up as collateral? Like, right. yeah, yeah. And you see a couple of yeah. down days and people, you know, get liquidated. I don't know. But it just doesn't <laughs> seem to be that much margin you can actually take advantage of, really. So. No. Um, well, that, 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 yeah, she's so she, 75. That when was that? That was a May article, so that's a bit old, but um, yeah, that was a September 2. Doubles down on Nvidia, suffers three months of outflows. Um, and I think I had what's one her bull case on Nvidia? On old, why does she like uh, Nvidia so I, much? I, I don't. No, because I can't read that article because I have to sign up to CNBC, which I don't want to do because you don't want too much CNBC in your life. That's a, that's a no-no. Right. Um, this might be it. Uh, suffers outflow. Arc Innovation has dropped 56% so far. That's the calendar year, but um, down 74% from February 2021 peak. Wow. Um, yeah. So you know, so even her even her five year annualized return, which used to look great, is six percent, mm -hmm. which is you know half the S and P. So you know she's just another one of these fund managers that underperforms the index, you know, and adds no value, unless of course you got in and out at the right time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So everybody she, holding so, those stocks, the fourth seller of them, then and then drags everyone else down. So even if you think oh, I'm going to hold in for yeah. long term here, you got Kathy Wood selling against you. 
selling down yeah. your bags, you know. Yeah. Right on the way I, up, you know, I, you feel good. It's a strange thing that, like, I don't know how that's – I thought that was – you couldn't do that. I thought the SEC would be all over you if you did that, you know. So, you know, you – you're promoting this product and then you're selling it, uh, selling, you know, some of the components of it. Um, yeah, net inflow of $2 billion in the sixth month through August 5th. So she had, you know, even this in the first half of the year, which was horrible for big tech, uh, she had $2 billion worth of inflow into the ETF. And um, then had, she suffered an outflow of $835 million in August. Uh, I don't know how she's doing now, but... Yeah, it's just, just get, like if, I don't know, that that doesn't sound like capitulation to me. And again, maybe we don't need to have capitulation. You know, people say, oh, we haven't had capitulation. Maybe you don't need to have capitulation. I don't know. Um, so, so out of um, inflation, you know, like we're in the got seven handle in the US. So how much yeah, of that do you reckon eight, is eight supply side? Oh, an eight handle. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, what, yeah, it's an eight, so yeah. what do you think? How much of that is supplies? Supply well, hand, and how much is that from monetary policy, you reckon? So how much is – because oh. the supply side should come down a little bit, you know, should work itself out over the next, mm. you know, couple of months, hopefully. We've been saying that for a couple of months yeah, already, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> what do you think? Um, what do you well, I think, thoughts? you know, it, I, I look, full disclosure, I have not looked at the full contents of that CPI report, so I'm not – I can say a couple of things, though is that one, markets have consistently underestimated the stickiness of inflation, haven't they? You know, we, remember yeah. transitory? Well, that has completely gone from the vocabulary as it should have because, uh, you know, two years' worth of inflation almost is, <laughs> is not exactly transitory. Um, and the other thing, I, I listened to a podcast two weeks ago, um, Meb Faber. We'll put that in the show notes. I think that's what the pros say, don't they? We'll put the, a link to that in the show notes. Meb Faber's podcast, and he had Rob Arnott from Research Affiliates. He, Rob Arnott's a quant guy. Um, I think, you know, he invests in sort of smart beta stuff. <clears throat> and he he made the observation that the portion of US CPI um, that covers increases in rent, and it's called owner, owner's equivalent rent, is a lagging indicator, and it lags by about a year. And so he was making the case, you know, two, three weeks ago that CPA was, CPI was going to remain stubbornly high because you, you're only just now getting those increases in rents through the CPI. Because if you look at, like, petrol and things, they were down, you know. Um, yep. Again, I haven't looked at the full components. I've just read some commentary. Um, but, you know, gas prices, as they say in the US, were down, but rents were up, and that that rent portion is going to continue to be um, uh, to continue to hold that inflation number up. Now, one way to look at that, if you're the mar if markets, is to say, well, that's old news because this is just a lagging piece of the puzzle. Um, yep. And in reality, the US has already had that increase. I think the US, broadly speaking, across the country, has had a 22% increase in rents in the last year, and that's only just starting to be reflected now in the CPI. So we, there could be, you know, I think, you know, people have a tendency to think in a linear fashion, like that, okay, inflation peaked at 9.1 and then we're going to, and then they got an 8.5 print and then we're just going to go eight, seven and a half, seven, you know, and we'd be at five and a half by Christmas and two and a half by the middle of next year. And it's just, 
not going to work the that trend. way. I don't think. It's a trend. Just follow the yeah. trend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. trend's down so now, what so you had... continue. Yeah. And the core was core was double up double what the economists thought, which oh, again, yeah. you know, who cares what the economists thought because the economists are wrong. But markets, like you know, markets react on hair triggers to what the Fed, the RBA, and the economists like what the consensus thinks. Um, for some unknown reason, they still haven't worked out that none of these people have a crystal ball and know what they're doing. But uh, that's the way markets reacted. They overreacted, I would say, but yep. that's what markets do. Yeah, yeah. I should get that off. I was going to talk about, I think actually you brought this up and I just found an article on it. You, you brought this up to me oh, yeah. about a week ago about Burry. That, what, what's he saying? He's, yeah. Um, sold everything, basically. Except for, yeah, sold everything. Oh, has he? You know, prison, private prisons. That's the thing he's keeping. The cash flow looks good on him, but I don't know who's going to hold private yeah. prisons. Um, bit of a wild. But, you know, Burry, he's like very short-term orientated. Like, and everyone right. just looks at his 13F, and then next week, you know, that's out of date. You know, he'll be back into other it's things. Changed. So, right. yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, but people just look at him. Yeah. And go, oh, he sells everything. You know, we should be following him. You know, into the market. Like, mm. wow, because he predicted. Mm. You know, but every couple of months he's like loses his mind. Um, so, yeah, but he'd be right somewhere yeah. along the line here. <laughs> just not sure when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, timing. But, timing's anyone's guess. Do you like the yeah. Shiller P in, in, so, index? Do you, you know, I look at that. Yeah, I, like, I, you know, it's. It's pretty high, you know. It's near thirty, the Shiller P. Mm. So you know, it's not like forty-five think, or anything. It is a good earning but... because it it has ten years trailing smoothed earnings. So that's why it's good, it's useful. But as a timing tool, it's a, absolutely no use. Oh. You know? So you can yes. say the market's overvalued, but it it, do, it doesn't. You can't time the market based off a of Shiller PE. Um, just you know, yeah, of no use in that. But yeah, I do like it as a measure P... because at least it's consistent over time. Yeah. And it's Go not, ahead. you know, little spikes don't don't really matter. But and but the PE now for the S and P five hundred is only you know nineteen or something. So you know that's because these earnings yeah. figures are still pretty good. You know all this money flooding into the system and everyone, you know, keeps their high margins on everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they can just pass on been, everything on. But you know, those earnings yeah, are now getting downgraded. Uh, they were. Oh. I think they may have started the year. It's like two forty five. Two hundred forty-five dollars for earnings. They're, they're heading towards two twenty-five, and they'll, they'll probably go lower. That's usually the way they go. Um, mm. So two twenty-five, and you might say, "Well, two twenty-five, eighteen PE, not bad, whatever." Um, you know, PEs can go. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be nineteen eighty and the PE gets to eight, um, but you know, no reason they can't go lower. And I think the second quarter earnings in the US and and the um, the the earnings season we just had here in Australia, which was the full year earnings for most of most Australian companies, um, were better than expected, and that's probably because you just haven't felt the full effects of inflation. The the consumer hasn't really felt, at least not here in Australia. Yeah. Uh, they're starting to feel it, but um, and so you know, discretionary retail's got to be um, you know looking a bit dicey oh, at, at least, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. then again, uh, what is discretionary now? If you if, like, discretionary used to be, you know, like home furnishings and things like that, which mm. I think it still is. But um, a lot of that stuff gets sold 
online now. People are locked into sort of, um, you know, they they get a monthly box of stuff sent to them. Uh, they just signed up for a subscription. The, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about someone like Adair, Adair's. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can yeah, they give up and, Netflix? Um, what are they going to do with their time at night? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Sit in a corner and cry. <laughs> yeah, like, Read a book. I don't know. What yeah. I was surprised is no. like things you think are discretionary, actually in, when things are decreased, people actually keep on to them. Like you think I'm cosmetics. I thought, oh, wow, that thing would just get smashed. Mm. But even in the depression, like people go, that, that's a little bit of luxury I want to keep. Um, yeah. And, yeah. But they didn't go out or whatever, so they just kept a few little luxuries like that and they actually kept things like cosmetics. You think, wow, that'd be the first thing that goes. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just a bit weird. Yeah, how restaurants. You, you, you can't really restaurants. Right. Yeah, restaurants. Are yeah, what's what's discretionary changes from yeah? Because people might think that their next their Netflix package is uh, you know kind of that's one of the last things they give up you know because they're in love with it so yeah. much you know it's got all their favourite shows or whatever so who knows uh, maybe it's not as discretion yeah. as we think um, but you know mm-hmm. Netflix has seen their subscriber numbers did go backwards there for a little bit. I don't know how they're holding up now. <clears throat> yeah, that'll yeah, be interesting. But as usual, um, I, yeah, no. I, b- I bought I the dip no, on Netflix, uh, so thanks for that encouragement there, Scott. So, you did, did you? After Ackman, yeah, after Ackman, it's <laughs> like, yeah, let's go and buy it all. And then he, you know, I'm a long-term investor, and then he dumped it a couple of months later. I'm like, and then I'm like, wow, even like, his thesis was pretty good. And I thought, wow, well, this is like a really you, good thesis. You didn't buy so, you, don't tell me you bought it because Ackman bought it. I bought it when he dumped it. Is that why you bought So after, he, <laughs> that's when I decided, uh, wow, he's uh, okay. dumped like, yeah. you know, like, and he had a great thesis. I couldn't really knock his thesis. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to buy it now since he's bought it. But when he dumped it, I'm like, I'm like wow, like, he's just getting cold feet yeah. here. Um, I'll get in and buy a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, it's held up. Yeah. I was surprised. I was going, oh, I'm going to have to hold this for a little bit. Like, it's going to going to go 30% down on me here because you saw all the sub numbers and, you know, this Disney and yeah. these other people are doing so well compared to Netflix. I thought. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you're know. onto something there. Maybe there's a core, you know, to, who knows? Maybe Netflix has bottomed out. I don't know. Uh, I, I, we brought up in NVIDIA earlier, which I like, I don't mm. own it, but um, uh, like I said, I think it's down 60%. It was down 90% in the tech wreck and it was down 80% in the GFC. Now it's a much larger company now. It's a profitable company. It made $9 billion last year. Some of that was pulled forward wow. obviously, but um, they're not going to, they're not, they're going to make less than that this year. Um, and so it's down 60 odd percent. Yeah. Well, is that enough? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Do I have a margin of safety there? Not sure. It's got to be getting close though. What's the free cash flow yield on it? Like it must be still free cash flowing. That sort of money, you know. Oh, you yeah. think, yeah, and that's what I compare it against nowadays. I'm like, oh, what am I going to get in a bond? You know, three percent or whatever. You know, um, yeah. So, like, yeah. You know, well, yeah, I mean, if, I, I, thinking, mean oh, I think you can go out trash. Well, you can go out and get, um, like, if, you know, solid corporates. You could get five, five and a half percent. That's I listened to a podcast with a bond um, manager. Uh, you can go out and get good corporate yields at five five and a half percent so you know that starts to make starts to look more attractive i actually looked up just before we got on here at um 
what you can get in with fixed term deposits in cash now and uh ing's oh, often yeah. 3.3% but you have to lock it up for 2 years so that's uh, what 2% below inflation <laughs> so you mm. can uh, lose 2% uh, and lock your money up for 2 years how's that sound not great but, but yeah that's, better, that's, but... i mean i i yeah well i think what's interesting about that is i have not looked at what a fixed interest uh mm. account actually gives you for what 10 years because there was no point right but now yep. you know i think people will actually start looking at that oh okay i can get three and a half four because we that that's only going to yep. go up isn't it in the next uh few oh, months yeah, yeah yeah but will they increase it above inflation you know like what do you think they're going to you know yeah no, they're think... going to actually do something decent here they're going to get some balls and pick and you know put it up uh, to a decent level no, you know? i don't think a neutral rate they neutral I, rate they keep talking about you know what do you think that is you know you've got to get a four I don't think, at yeah. least you know four and a half. Oh yeah yeah well in, in, i think in the, in the us four and a half is a, a foregone conclusion here i'm not so sure because um it, you know will they blink i i think the rba could blink pretty soon um especially because you've kind of got a canary in the coal mine uh what's happening in new zealand They're, they started raising earlier yeah. Uh, they've gone further. Their house prices are crashing harder. Um, so, you know, I don't know if the RBA, who knows? I, I'm, I don't try and guess what they're going to do. Um, I think we can safely say that they, they're going to break through three on the cash rate uh, in the next few months. Yep. But uh, other than that, I wouldn't, yeah. I've, if they, if they had a U-turn at Christmas, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, that's a, that's a good way of saying we have no <laughs> fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can use cash as well, to you know, to make us. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, good for a chat. Yeah. You got nothing else you want to add? Or... Uh not not at this stage. Uh, no, I think we're good. Yep. That's it for the salty investors. Okay. Thanks for thanks for listening in. Okay.